This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Welcome to the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, everybody. I'm Larry Port with Rocket Matter. Today on the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, we have with us Jared Correa. He is the owner of Red Cave Legal. He is a former practice management advisor from Massachusetts. He is a general genius when it comes to law practice management, and he was a, a speaker at Rocket Aid. So welcome, Jared. Yeah, all those things are true. You've been talking to my mom. Thanks for having me. This is my second appearance on the 10-minute podcast, so this is like 20 minutes for me. It's, it's going to be excited. 20 minutes. Yeah, unless we ran over last time. So <laughs> on June 11th, so Jared is going to be doing a webinar, uh, a Rocket Matter webinar uh, on June 11th at 2 p.m., and uh, the topic is reducing overhead for law firms. So does that mean you're getting rid of ceilings? What does this mean? The ceilings first. Always start with the ceilings. Um, not necessarily. So, I mean, I've seen a couple things happening. Like, first of all, like revenue is down across legal services. Even people who are doing okay are not doing like as okay as they were three months ago. And who knows when the economy is going to fully reopen, right? If it does even this year. So you see a lot of law firms thinking about ways to reduce their overhead, their costs of doing business. Things you're seeing is like law firms thinking about how much they need in terms of an office footprint, right? If nobody's coming into the office or 50% of the people are coming into the office, what should your office space look like now? You see a lot of law firms moving off of legacy software, moving into the cloud, and there's some potential cost savings there as well. And then you see law firms thinking about like, maybe I can use technology instead of staffing. And so you see law firms thinking about reducing staff. So, so those like staff, office space, those are like two massive overhead components for law firms that they're looking at. But oftentimes law firms aren't looking at that in a systematic way. And they're just looking to cut the cost without really understanding like the reasoning behind why you would do that and what your law firm is going to look like six months from now rather than two months from now. Because we're all hoping this is like a short term issue. Right. And yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's like, uh, if, you, if you don't have a strategic approach about how you're going to reduce your costs, then what do you even prioritize or what do you start with? And it's really hard to know. And you're removing ceilings, right? <laughs> and, you, and, you know, everybody, people are like, let's get rid of the overhead. So they get rid of their ceiling and their roof. And then all of a sudden it rains. So um, the thing about the office space, and there was an article on the front page of the New York Times today about it's not just that you have to reduce your office space. If you're going to keep your office the way it is, you have to follow all these rules that the CDC is like setting up. So it's, it's actually quite complex. So do you see, um, what, what do you, let me ask you that one. What do you see in terms of the future for the law firm office, the actual in-person office? Yeah. I mean, I think they're still going to be around. Um, and my, my feeling on this, so this, this goes to my general feelings on the pandemic, right? Like I don't know how viable a lot of these regulations are going to be long-term, right? Like, and just, just to give you another example, like they're starting to open up schools again in Massachusetts where I live in the fall and they're talking about how they're going to do that. And so the approach is apparently that kids as young as two are going to have to wear masks to school and socially distance from each other. Kids as young as two are going to keep a mask on their and to that, I say, good luck, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like my kids older than that are not going to be able to do that. They don't even understand anything around that. And I think the issue is that like the CDC and all these governmental agencies are, are essentially 
expecting these small businesses to run like completely clean environments where there's not going to be any risk of a spread of infection. And it's, I don't think it's feasible in a lot of cases. So I'm hoping that at some point these regulations get relaxed and I'm hoping that when there's a vaccine for this virus that, you know, things will go back to normal more or less. So I still am hopeful. I still see this being like a temporary thing, hopefully not longer than another year, hopefully not longer than another nine months, let's say. Hopefully we get out of 2020 and things open up a little bit. So what I, what I talk to law firms about is like, let's start with a plan through the end of 2020, see where we go with that, try to meet the regulations as they come up, see what the costs are related to that, see whether it makes more sense to like open your office at all or to get rid of that space and let, let people work from home because if you're a small enough option, that office, that option is viable as well. And then when 2021 rolls around, think about your plan of kind of getting back to normal. Um, I, I'm telling people to take like a slow rolling approach to this because that seems to be the, the approach that governments are taking right now in regulatory agencies. Uh, I'll tell you one thing from that perspective. I mean, normally, you know, as a technology firm, you know, normally we're out in the vanguard. In this instance, like, it just makes sense to be a laggard. There's no reason to rush back since we can do everything remotely. And, and, and speaking of which, you know, you alluded to the migration to, you know, away from these on-prem systems. Obviously, that's something that we pay attention to because that's our livelihood. But what we're seeing is this, and I'd be curious to see what you see from your vantage point. But we do see that like a lot of these older systems like the maybe, you know, PC law or time matters or some of these like on-prem systems um, that yeah, these legacy providers. Yeah, that they've been kind of like dying on the vine for a while and they haven't been updating the software. This is kind of the final straw for a lot of people. And so we're seeing a lot of people moving from specifically now moving from legacy systems onto our system. Is that kind of what you're seeing as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me address that. But I just want to briefly uh, relate back to something you just said, which I think is really important. Like not rushing back is a good idea. And it's true of schools, it's true of restaurants. Like when I think of restaurants reopening, I'm like, am I gonna take my family out to a restaurant where we're surrounded by plexiglass and wearing masks to eat dinner? No way, I'm just gonna wait until things open up. And if I had a law firm, I would be thinking the same way. Like there's no rush to get people back into the office. Like if that's an option for you, just wait. And then you don't have to take on all this additional expense. In terms of the legacy providers, yeah. Like I think that's been a slow death roll essentially for a lot of these legacy software providers. And, for, and you and I have talked about this for over a decade at this point. Like I was doing the consulting when Rocket Matter started up. I've seen the success that you've had and other cloud-based providers have had. And I think like this is probably the end times for legacy systems. And I think there's going to be a continuous chipping away until hopefully every law firm in the country and beyond is using cloud-based software. I've been hoping that would happen for a while, but it's interesting because if you look back at like 2008, 2009, that recession, that was like when all these law firms started to look at cloud software and say, hmm, this may be another option. So I kind of view that as like technology in legal tech wave one. Now I think what you're going to see is technology in legal tech wave two, where more firms, the majority of firms, the vast majority of firms are going to be adopting cloud. And then you're going to see also more technology offerings coming out that do different things than just the management that which has been the focus for a long time. So that's kind of the direction I think I see things going. So that's a roundabout way of saying, uh, yes, I think what you're talking about is happening, is already happening. What else? I mean, I, so we're seeing like movements in technology. We're seeing reconsideration of uh, office space. And then the other one that you mentioned was staffing. I mean, there's more automation now. Um, 
you know, what does this mean and, and what jobs do you think will be at risk? Yes, yeah, really interesting. So the jobs that are at, are at risk are effectively like the lower paying jobs. So what I'm seeing a lot, and I talk to firms like across the North America, across the world, and like people now are on unemployment. Some of them, people have been furloughed and bar associate, bar, excuse me, law firms are now saying, Hey, why don't you come back and work? And those people are saying, well, you know what? I'm making about 60% of what I made working for the law firm. Uh, if I sit at home, I'm sure not going to get the coronavirus. So I think I'll take a hard pass. So you're seeing a lot of law firms who have jobs that they want to bring people back to, but the people whose jobs they were originally aren't going to want to come back. And then a lot of these law firms are saying now, how do I hire somebody for an in-person position during a pandemic? Like, how do I even interview someone? at this point? Is it better to use virtual service providers? Is it better to use remote employees? Um, so I think what is happening is that some of those firms are going to say, why don't we use technology instead? So one example I often give is like the intake process, right? You don't necessarily need to have somebody picking up phone calls. You don't necessarily need to have somebody scheduling appointments. There's technology and virtual service providers that do all those things. So if you have an admin person, and their job was to pick up the phone, well, that job is definitely at risk because you can supplement that with technology at a far lower cost, and you don't have to worry about your software getting sick. So I think that's what we're going to see, these like lower-level, uh, entry-level legal jobs kind of going away, being replaced by technology. But the byproduct of that is that the people who stick around at the law firms, um, they're also going to have to potentially change what they do. Support staff at law firms may now need to be like the technology maven of the law firm, right? So they're helping to pick and use the right technology moving forward, or maybe they're operating in more of a sales capacity than they ever had before. So I think on, on the lower edges of the law firm support model, um, those people who make less money, like they're at risk of being replaced by technology. And I think that was the case before, but now this has just accelerated it. I would agree with you. I, so listen, if you want to hear more, of Jared's searing insights into reducing <laughs> <Hot> takes <overhead> for, <laughs> for law firms. So June 11th at 2 p.m., he's going to be doing a webinar for us. We'll have the uh, you know uh, registration address in the show notes. Um, Jared, thanks for being with us today, and good luck to you. Thank you, sir. I saved the best stuff for the webinar. Don't you worry. All right. Awesome. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.